Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. All right. Today, as we continue in this uh, series, The Day I Died, we're talking about what happened really at... If you gave your life to Christ, what happens? If you sit here today and you go, I, I wouldn't claim to be a Christ follower, I'm thrilled you're here today. And here's the why, because you're going he- to hear something today about how you can actually get freedom from maybe something that you found yourself caught in for a long time. If you are a Christ follower today, I wanted to be talking about how you can get freedom <laughs> from something that you might be still stuck in that, quite frankly, you're already free from, you just don't know how to operate in it or execute it. And so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, picture it a little bit like this. I've had this conversation with all nine of my kids over the years. If you have kids, you've had this conversation with your children. If you uh, don't have kids, you had this conversation with your parents at one point. And it goes like this. Your parents send you on off to bed. You go to bed for uh, like a half hour to an hour. And then all of a sudden you hear uh, some feet coming in, little uh, footsteps coming into the room. And it's a kid going, I can't what? I can't sleep. To which case, what's the answer to that ever, parents? Is it like, well, why don't you play some video games for a while? No, like never has any parent ever said that. It usually is go back to bed, right? That's like the, that's the entire instruction. Go back to bed. And so the kid like turns around, you know, tail tucked between their legs and they go back to bed. And then here's what happens. 15 minutes later, you hear those feet come back in the room and they go, I still can't sleep. (laughs) To which you say, go back to bed. (laughs) 15 minutes later, I still can't sleep. Now as a parent, you're starting to get angry. Because you're like, every time you get out of bed, you wake your whole system up again and there's no way you're gonna fall asleep because you're standing here in front of me, right? It like, so when they're like, I can't sleep, I'm like, duh, it's because you're here and not there. The answer is get in bed. Like, that's the answer. And yet they do it over and over and over again. So then by like the eighth time, they're coming on out. And by the time they're coming on out, they're already in tears because they're just, they needed to fall asleep a long time ago and they're struggling to. And then you go, why are you out here? And they answer like this, I don't know. <laughs> and there's so many of us Christians, non-Christians alike, that we find ourselves falling into the same trap of sin, temptation, mistake, failure, time after time after time, and we go, why am I back here once again? And our answer is, I don't know. Why am I doing this again? Why am I losing my temper on my wife or on my kids? Why, why am I looking at this thing that's inappropriate? Why am I captured in fear? Why am I jealous for what the other ladies have and I wish that I had what they had? Why am I, why am I dealing with self-hatred? Why am I dealing with insecurity? Why am I back here once again? Am I talking to anyone here today? I, I, I would imagine, even if you've gotten, because I... I 
I really know that there are so many Christians who have gotten huge breakthrough in certain areas of your life, but then you still find yourself kind of, I, I call it back on the merry-go-round, falling to maybe a smaller thing or another lie or a different thing in your life. Once again, you're like, how do I get freedom from this thing? And so today we're going to be talking about just this question, is there any way to have victory over the thing that has had victory over me for so long? And so I want to read a passage of scripture to you out of Romans chapter 7. This is not the first time I've preached a message through Romans chapter 7 and then into Romans chapter 8. I do it about every two to three years because I know there's such freedom that comes every time I come back to this passage of scripture. Um, It is the passage of scripture that has brought me freedom in my life. And so this is why I come back to it. But let me read these verses to you. And then you just tell me if there's anyone here who's like, I can relate to this, okay? So the Apostle Paul writes this. He goes, I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Anyone been there? (laughs) Yes, all of us have our hands in the airs, or you're liars, okay? (gasps) I love God's law with all my heart. It's just Paul's way of saying, I'm not against God's word and God's standards. I'm, I'm for it. I wish I could do what is right, But there's another power within me that's at war within my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Have you ever felt that way when you're caught in sin? You just feel miserable. You're just angry. Angry about your your situation. The fact that you're doing it once again. You just feel miserable. Who will free me from this life that's dominated by sin and death? Anyone relate? I know I can. Now, I've heard preachers preach through this passage about how this is just our lot in life. This is a picture of what it's like to just live life. And I biblically disagree with that because that's not what Paul is giving in these verses. So, Paul's actually giving a description of the wrestling match of someone who's living under the law, meaning someone with who wasn't yet a Christ follower. He's addressing what it was like to be a Jew while under the law when you're, by your own efforts, trying to live rightly. That's what he's describing. There are some verses in Scripture that just can stand on their own two feet. And then there are other verses that have to be looked at always within the context of where, what was written. So like John 3, 16, that can just stand on its own two feet. God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That can just stand alone. But this passage of Scripture cannot stand alone. You've got to realize when Paul wrote this, he wrote it to the to the church in Rome, and it was an entire letter. They didn't have like chapter breaks where all of a sudden they're like, okay, end of thought, I'm done, I'm putting it away, I'll read the next chapter tomorrow. No, it was a whole letter, and he wrote it literally going, you're supposed to read the next line. And so here's what, I I know where Paul is ultimately gonna go to because it's the next verse. Check it out, okay? So I'm gonna go back. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life dominated by sin and death? All of us are like, I've been there. Is there any answer? And he goes, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. He doesn't say all that stuff to say this is the pitiful lot that we have for life. Wee! No, he says it to say, I know you can all relate to it, but guess what? You don't have to be stuck in it. 
He's not going, boy, sucks to be a Christ follower even today. Sucks to just have to live life because this is what we're all caught in. He's like, there's an answer, folks. And thank God there's an answer. He goes, thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. There's going to be an answer that's found in Christ for us so we don't have to be on this merry-go-round coming back again to sin and falling to it once again. Anyone excited? All right, so let's figure out how in the world do we get free? So it's really the freedom is found. He's going to address it. It's all, it's chapter eight is where the freedom's found. And he's going to say, here's some things that you've got to lock into your mind and in your heart if you want to find that freedom that is yours, okay? And the first thing I would say, I'm going to give you just some, some, some points here today and then we're just going to look at the scripture. The first point is this, do not give sin power that it does not have. Do not give sin power that it does not have. So now, very next verse, he says this, so now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Notice this, the power of the life-giving spirit, there's a power that has freed us from the power of sin. You're free from it. And so don't give sin power that it does not have. The simplest way to say it is this. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than the sin that you and I face. And the Holy Spirit is placed in you if you're a Christ follower. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than the sin you and I face. And the Holy Spirit is placed in you If you're a Christ follower, so then really what we're doing is we want to live our lives in such a way that the Holy Spirit who's in us can bring about the victory that he already has over the sin that's tempting us, right? So this is, it's about thinking rightly. Greater is he who's in me, the Holy Spirit, than he, the enemy, who's in the world. I think about uh, even the, the testimony from last week, the video that we had with Brian from the band Corn as he was facing the drug addiction that he had, he said he came, you know, kind of face to face with these drugs about a month after he'd given his life to Christ and he's holding the drugs and he literally starts quoting scripture. Uh, and, and what was the verse? He, he, kept, he kept saying, um, uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Then he had this idea, flush it down the toilet. And so he went on over, he flushed it down the toilet. It's the last time he's seen drugs in front of his eyes since that day. Unbelievable. It's this, it's a, it's a mindset that says, the Holy Spirit actually can bring me a victory here. And I'm not going to have to be a slave to this thing forever. I, I know I've said this before, but it's, it's my little bit of a beef with 12-step programs in, in general. It's the statement that a lot of times is made at the beginning of those meetings, and the statement is actually a statement to being enslaved to the sin. And it usually goes like this. Let's assume that it's like Alcoholics Anonymous, AA. You can say, hey, I'm Josh, and I'm an alcoholic. Now, a lot of times, the the point of it is to get people to actually own up to their addiction, because most people are, quite frankly, in, in denial. They have a really hard time just saying, I'm an addict. 
you know, or this is my addiction. And so the point is to get them to actually own it. The problem is it's the declaration of I'm an alcoholic says I will be a slave to this thing and that it is mastering over me. One of the reasons why I love Celebrate Recovery, what we have here at Lakeland, is that even at the beginning of that, it, you're not making a declaration of being defeated by sin. It's the, hi, my name is Josh. I'm in a process of find, on my journey toward finding victory over this addiction because of what Christ has won me at the cross. Do you see, it's, it's a slight difference, but it basically it's defining I will not be mastered by this thing. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have victory over me. I'm not gonna give it more power than it has. That the Holy Spirit is actually wired to win this battle. Hey, turn to someone next to you and just say, you're wired to win. Now say it like you mean it. You are now, here's the deal. If you're a Christ follower, that's true about you. Are you aware of that? If you're a Christ follower, that's true about you. The Holy Spirit has, he actually can't lose. Are you aware of that? He can't lose. The only way that you lose to this temptation is that you suppress him and don't let him do what he's wired to do. You're wired to win and wired to beat this thing. He's in you. You just really have to let him out and let him uh, bring about the victory that he's hardwired to bring. So what do we have to do so that he can start bringing out those victories in us? Okay, so here's my next point. I would say this. Start following the Spirit. Start following the Spirit. This is about being purposeful who you're going to follow. Check out the next set of verses. This is verse 4. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. Who no longer... You no longer, folks, if you're a Christ follower, you no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead you follow the Spirit. This is about us becoming purposeful with who we are going to follow and what we're going to be purposeful to follow. We often get so caught up in trying to just be more victorious over the sin or the temptation that is facing us. And sometimes we just muscle our way through it. Like let's, let's say it's fear or something like that. And fear starts capturing your heart and you start going, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And what we're doing is we're trying to muscle our way and beat this thing on our own ability. And instead of trying to beat sin on your own ability, instead of that being your focus, stop trying to focus on trying to beat sin and focus all your attention on following him. Let me say it again. Instead of trying to focus all your attention on beating sin, focus all your attention on following him. You're going to be surprised at the victory that you're going to, you're going to discover just comes naturally when you purpose to follow after him. Uh, many, many years ago, I was in middle school. It was like the first time I was hanging out with uh, some middle school friends, you know what happens after elementary school, all these different elementary schools from all over the county, they all get meshed together and all of a sudden you have hundreds of middle schoolers together, at least in my school, that's what it was. And so you're meeting all these new people and I remember it was early in the like fall, probably about this time of the year, I got invited over to a friend's house and I think we were gonna spend the night there and we got dropped off downtown Wheaton, that's where I grew up, Wheaton, Illinois, and so we got dropped off downtown Wheaton, I think there was like six of us boys and I think four girls met us. What? 
oh man, gotta like put on all the moves. It's time, you know, middle school, gotta look cool. And so there's like 10 of us walking through downtown Wheaton, kind of like this little posse, little mob. And I remember we come around the corner and in front of us, there's a cop car and he's coming our way. And one of my friends all of a sudden yells, cops, run! And the next kid goes, run! And the next thing I know, we're all running. I'm like, okay, so, so we're running. And as soon as we start running, guess what? Woo, woo, woo. The cops start chasing. And so it's like, because they see us running. And so it's like, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what I'm running from, but I'm running. And it's like the first moment, I, I remember it was the first time I like, I ran through like a clothing store and busted like, you know, knocked over a clothing rack and went out the back door. It was like totally James Bond-like stuff, but not at all. So unimpressive because we were running from nothing. But we caught up in the back and we're running through the alleys. The ch- cops are chasing us around town. Finally, we're like in, in a neighbor, like uh, in some, somebody's yard, like hiding behind their house. And, and we're on the wrong side of town because our parents were going to pick us up on the other side. And the kids are like, how are we going to get through town? And I'm like, guys, we can walk through town. And they're like, no, the cops will get us. I'm like, for what? <laughs> And so they're all like, no, I'm running. So they all run around, like literally on the outskirts of town behind people's, uh, you know, houses. And I'm like, I'm going right through town. I'm meeting the parents, right? And I did, I walked right through town. Because here's the deal. At some point you have to choose who are you gonna follow. Because here's the deal. In life, folks, you're gonna have 10 times the number of voices telling you to do stupid things than the singular voice of the Holy Spirit who will be saying, here's the sound and right thing to do. You will have, I promise you, you're going to have 10 times the number of voices from culture and from your friends and from just people in general. And it's going to be so loud. It's going to be deafening. And it's going to be yelling, run into this totally stupid thing. And you have to predetermine to say, I will not follow the many voices, because there will be many of them telling you to do something while the voice of the Holy Spirit and the word of God is going to be saying, do this. You have to purpose in advance to say, this is who I will follow. Part of some of your problems, folks, in terms of why you keep falling to the same thing you're falling to is because you're listening to the deafening many voices. And you have to say, I will no longer follow them. I will follow Jesus Christ the word of God and the Holy Spirit within me and I purpose to follow him if it's the only voice that I'm listening to. You have to purpose to follow it. Okay, this third thing, it's going to be key in helping you be victorious in in who you choose to follow. It's like, I choose to do this, now this next thing will actually make it easy to do it. Now it's this, check it out. Think about the things that please the Spirit. It's the very next verse. It's like he's building upon, uh, upon the things here going, if you do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. Okay, so now this next one, it will help you to be purposeful to win in who you choose to follow. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. I think most of us want to say, okay, that's what I want to choose. I want to choose to follow the Holy Spirit. Okay, then he's saying, if you want to choose him, then you better start thinking about the things that please him. You got to be purposeful 
to saturate your thoughts with the things of God. I picture it like a good steak. Anyone like a good steak? Or a good piece of chicken. You can marinate that as well. Okay. But, but you get something like this. If you want to marinate it, I love a good marinade over chicken or a steak. And you throw that, that marinade in the meat, right? And you throw it in a bag and you leave it in the fridge overnight. And, and if you let that thing marinate, what happens? It takes on the flavor of all the marinade, right? So that when you cut into it, all of a sudden, the steak or the chicken tastes like what it was sitting in, right? Here's the deal. We need to be a people... Who, who literally are sitting in the presence of God, marinating in the thoughts of God, so that when all of a sudden life hits us, you want to know what comes out of us? is what we've been soaking in. It's, it's our thoughts that have been literally saturated with the things of God. So we have to start asking ourselves, what am I watching? What am I listening to? What am I scrolling through for hours on my phone? What, a, what am I allowing to saturate my life? Because whatever you marinate your life in is what, I could almost predict what your life will look like based on what you marinate your life in and marinate your mind and your thought processes in. So how, how do you start to do this? How do you start to just think like the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit kind of works in us. I love this verse. This is John chapter 7, verse 38 through 39. It says this. Jesus is saying this, and he says, Whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Who are the believers who will later receive the Holy Spirit? Us. Christians later will receive the Holy Spirit. And he describes what the Holy Spirit is meant to live like in your life. He's meant to be like a stream of living water flowing from within you. That's what the Holy Spirit's meant to be like. So here's the difference. We live in lakes, right? We love lakes. I love lakes. You love lakes. We live, we're at lake land. So it, we love lakes, okay? Uh, but I do. I love lakes in my, I, I water ski in the summertime as as many mornings as I possibly can with a group of guys, we wake up way too early and we ski at a time when there's no ripples on the water. It's like glass every morning and I absolutely love it because there's no movement. The difference between a lake and a stream is that a lake, when there's no wind, it's just dead calm. A stream is always moving, right? You step into a stream and you automatically feel a current. It's pushing you in a direction. He says the Holy Spirit is supposed to be like a stream that always is pushing you and then flowing through you. And so here's the deal. Here's how I describe it. If you want to start to think like the Holy Spirit and have the behavior of the Holy Spirit come out of you, you need to step into the stream. And so here's what I, I always encourage people to do. Do stuff like this. Like in my car, when I get in it, there's always Christian music radio, on the radio. I know it's not always the coolest music. <laughs> Fair enough. But it is always good music. Why? Why would I do that? Because I just want to be in the stream. That's why. If I'm working out, I'm usually listening to, to Christian music or worship music. Sometimes Christian rock. Sometimes Christian punk. Sometimes Christian metal. All of it. Very rarely Christian country. I don't think that exists, okay? Because <laughs> you can't have country music without talking about beer and, the, and, uh, and exes. So, anyhow, side. 
Side note. But here's the deal. I, 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 I surround my, like when I'm working out, a lot of times I will just be listening to Christian music. And then what happens is a thought pops in my mind. A thought that seems smarter than me. Sometimes it's a conviction that is brought upon me. Sometimes it's an inspiration. Sometimes it's an insight about who God is or what he has for me. And how in the world did it come to me? It came because I was standing in the water. I was standing more specifically in the stream. And and so this is why uh, sometimes maybe when you're in prayer, all of a sudden you get an idea or a conviction or an insight. And you're like, where did that come from? It came because you were in the stream. That's why. Sometimes this is why we say get in groups. Because why do groups matter? Because sometimes when you're in a group with other people and you're studying God's word or talking about how do I apply God's word and all of a sudden you have a great idea or a conviction that comes upon you and you're like, where'd that come from? It came because you're in the stream. That's why. That's why I think it's so important that you go to church on a weekly basis. It's because people, I love it when I walk out of here and people are like, hey, I loved it when you said this in your message. I think to myself, I never said that. But you want to know what happened? The Holy Spirit spoke to them in a unique way in the middle of the service. And what happened was they were in the stream. That's what happened. Or or, or serving on a a serve team here at Lakeland or or outside of Lakeland. But you're serving with other people to serve maybe God's kingdom. And all of a sudden you get this idea, conviction, and insight or whatever. And you're like, what happened? I was standing in the stream. That's what happened. The point is, I have to saturate myself with the pursuit of him so that that is so, it so surrounds me that I can't help but be pushed by the current. Does that make sense? Some of you here think that you can somehow be a Christ follower and get this stuff together right in your life with one hour a week, and it will never happen. You have to make the decision to say, I'm going to make sure that my life lives in the stream. That's how I will get freedom that I want, the life that Christ has called me to. Let's get real practical here, because the flip side is not just adding things that drive you to think about what God is saying. It's also eliminating the things that are driving fleshly or worldly thoughts. So so a practical step. Uh, Think about, most of us have smartphones. Think about all the apps on your smartphone. Go ahead and pull out your phone for a moment. Everyone just pull it out. You know it's already touching your body. Just pull it out, okay? Pull out your phone. It's already like on you. Most of you have it there. You don't have to open it yet. But I just want you to think. Is there an app on your phone that every time you're on the app, you... When you finish, you're anxious, you're worried, you're fearful, you've looked at something you shouldn't look at, you feel insecure, you're jealous, you've wasted a ton of time that you wish you could get back. Can anyone, can, can you think of an app on your phone that that's always the outcome? Or, or people are communicating to you that's always discouraging you or always tempting you and you're like, man, that app, that's the way that they always get in contact with me. Uh, you thinking about it? Okay, so now, while your phones are out, delete an app. Do it. Delete an app. Come on. Your phone, it's there. Just delete one app. Delete one app that causes you fear, temptation, distraction, uh, frustration, 
uh, jealousy or it's a temptation for people to contact you. You look at something that you know is some, just, you can always add it back on, folks. <laughs> just, just delete it and do this. Delete it for one week. Delete it for one week and see if your life is any different from just getting rid of one thing that's a distraction because it's this, it's this funnel, which by the way, I do this every single month. I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't do. I do this every single month. I basically go, I have enough apps on my phone. There's definitely one that's a distraction to me. So let's just get rid of it. Every month I'm getting rid of something that I want to make sure is taking me away from God so that I don't have that thing taking me away from God. Okay, so let, I got now I got to get near the end here. Whew. All right, last, last point. Let the thoughts of the Spirit control and retrain your habits. Let the thoughts of the Spirit control and retrain your habits. Remember, you are coming around to the same sin, temptation, struggle, and you're doing it, and you're like, and when I ask, why are you doing it? Your answer is, I don't know. The reality is you, right now, you have a habit of how you get to that sin. So check out the next set of verses. So letting go of your sinful nature, or so, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature always is hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Listen, something is always gonna control you, either the, the flesh and the sinful nature or the spirit. You have to choose who's going to be in control. And you need to create, allow the Holy Spirit to create new habits in your life. I pictured it a little bit like this. Anyone, any of you ever seen one of these? They might have to zoom in a little bit. This is, back in the day of Rubik's, this was called Rubik's Magic, okay? So this was uh, like a Rubik's Cube type thing. It's a folding puzzle where basically if you kind of fold it around, it messes things up and, you know, and, and you're... Look at that. Now it's all messed up. So now it's upside down. So, but what on one side, you've got, well, let's see if I can get it back. On one side, you've got, oh no, oh no. This is a bad illustration gone bad. Okay, on one side, you've got three circles, okay? On the other side, you have a whole bunch of scrambled uh, circles that are supposed to make three linked circles, Okay, and your, your goal is to get these three on this side and then on this side to turn these three into three linked circles. So I had this when I was like a little kid and I, I was like, oh, that would be fun to have this again. I got into Rubik's Cubes the other year and decided to become a master of them. And uh, so I was like, I wanted to get this as well because I, I had this back in the day. And so I, I bought it. I was playing with it for like a half hour and I kept getting myself lost and confused. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, man, I used to be able to do this. I don't know how to do this. I was kind of frustrated. And so I, I, I was holding it like, and, like this. And then all of a sudden I looked and I was like, from this side, I'm like, oh, that looks familiar. I was just holding it like this. And instead of trying to solve it, I looked at it and it just kind of fell and I closed my eyes. And I literally just started moving the pieces. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, this feels all familiar. And the next thing I knew, I'd solved the puzzle. And my kids looked at me and like, Dad, you are magic. <laughs> They're like, how'd you do that? And I was like, no, it's not that I'm magic. The deal is, it's called muscle memory. It's 30 years ago, I learned a pattern and I don't actually even need to know how to do it. All I have to do is close my eyes and I will find myself right there again. And here's what so many of us have done in life is that 
we literally are sitting there going, I want to stay separated from the sin, and yet I can close my eyes and find myself all tangled up in it again. And I'm like, I want to be separated from this stuff, but once again, I didn't even try, and I find myself all tangled up in this sin once again. And so what we actually have to do is because this is so second nature to you and to me, we actually have to ask the Holy Spirit to give us a new habit. Because quite frankly, we know how to get here every time without even thinking about it. We can close our eyes and we'll end up there. And what we have to do is we actually need to be able to say, Holy Spirit, I want you to come into my life. I need you to start doing a work in me that would actually create a new habit in my life and in my mind and in in every part of my behavior so that I can become untangled from this sin that I find myself tangled in once again. So for me, let me just be real honest about, I got to do this quickly, but even in my life, how I found myself being tangled and how I had to find a way to get untangled. About 20 years ago, I was a pastor and um, one day in my email showed up some, what we would call spam today. I didn't know what it was, but all of a sudden there was this image in front of me, a scantily clad woman. And I looked at him like, oh no. And I deleted it. And you know how spam works. The next day, faithfully, day after day, this email would come or multiple emails would come. Scantily clad woman. I I think it was even before the days where you could just click on it and delete it without opening it. It It's like I had to open mail to delete it back in the day. And so I, I remember this stuff like being like, no, just delete, 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 delete. Until one day, I just gazed a little longer. Delete. Next day, gaze a little longer. Delete. Next day, gaze a little longer. Click the link. And click goes to click, goes to click, goes to click. Delete. Next day, gaze, click, click, click. As years go by, and I got to a place where I just knew Well, I knew I was an addict, and I knew I would lose my marriage and my ministry if I didn't do something about it. And it was probably the hardest day of my life, but the most important day of my life when I just said, no more. I won't let this thing beat me. And I told my wife, and I told my boss, I told my best friend in ministry. We created all this accountability uh, around me to, to just start finding freedom. Now, here's the deal. Even at that point, while, while I, would, I wish I could say that was the day of, where freedom came. It's not the day that freedom came. It's the day that freedom began. Part of the reason why it's not the day that freedom came was because I still tried to beat this thing like the Apostle Paul describing Romans chapter 7, like law. I was still trying to beat it by my own strength. And so I would, I would win for, let's say, months on end, and then all of a sudden I'd find myself falling again into this stuff and be like, ah, I hate it. And then I got to this place where it's just it's almost like self-hatred and anger, just hating life for, for the fact that sin is, is capturing me. I find myself back caught in this thing again. And I remember there was a day when all of a sudden Romans 8 actually unlocked something for me, where I was like, oh, I've been trying to approach this thing like the law, just trying to beat it. And, and when I stopped trying to beat sin, and instead I focused all my intention on 
pursuing him, guess what happened? I discovered everything I was actually looking for. Freedom. Freedom from that addiction and freedom from those longings and freedom. And I remember the day that, that, that I knew something was different. And it, by the way, it came really quickly. It's not like it was this long, tough journey. From the day that I started doing this, this intentional pursuit of Jesus at a whole level I'd never gone at him before, I'm telling you, the, the, the freedom came really quickly because it, images like that, it's like they're always going to come in front of us at some point, at least for, in my life, they seem to always come. But, it, but when I looked at the image, and no longer was I tempted, but my heart hurt for the woman that I saw in the image. When, when all of a sudden I felt like, oh, I, I felt like I had the heart of God over this individual who was actually wounded themselves and doing this for somehow attention or money or whatever it might be. But all of a sudden it was like it was a different level of freedom. And then, it, of course, I could just let the thing go and, and delete or be gone or whatever. But, but it was no longer that same level of temptation because it's not that I... I, I said, I just got to beat sin. It's I got to pursue him. And the more I saturated my entire mind and my life with him, all of a sudden the freedom came. And I don't know what you're caught in today. Whether it's, it's internet addiction or pornography or alcoholism or drugs or self-loathing or insecurity or fear or, or whatever, or a lie that the enemy has just told you over and over and over again. But today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day where freedom begins. For you, today might be the day, like for me, when I told my wife and I told my boss, I told my best friend, it began on that day. And for some of you, that's today. And freedom is going to come to you. When you own up to it and you quit saying, I'm going to try to just, I'm, I'm going to keep it quiet. I'm going to try to muscle through this on my own. Forget about that. Let's just own up to it. Call it what it is. And then we go after Jesus with a full pursuit of all that we are. Okay, so uh, let's all stand. I just need to, I got to close in prayer. I want you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray about a whole bunch of different things right now. And I feel like, uh, I feel like the Lord really does want to mark today for a lot of people and break some things off for a lot of people. But I also, I, I just want to say this because I, I really believe some of you just need to do this because you're scared to death for your spouse to know what you've been struggling with or whatever it might be. Um, but at the end of this service, I just want you to honestly, if you need freedom in some area, I want you to grab someone's hand that you came here with today. I want you to walk them straight down to the front to just pray with a prayer partner and say, hey, here's the thing where I need freedom. And, and may that just be a moment that you can mark it and find, and find freedom, okay? But, but let me just start by, let's pray. Jesus, you did not call us to be caught on this merry-go-round for life. Romans 7 is not our life. Romans 8 is our life in Christ Jesus. It's the freedom that we can have in Christ Jesus. We are wired to win because you are wired to win because you already got the victory at the cross and that's the victory you want us to live in. Christ followers are designed to live in freedom and our problem is we've been saturating our lives 
in the things of this world. We've been listening to the many voices and following the voices of, of this world. But today that ends. We declare in Jesus' name freedom over our hearts and over our minds. We, de- we, we determine that we will follow you. We choose to saturate our minds, to marinate our minds in the things of God. And that means we're gonna have to eliminate a lot of trash. We're gonna have to change our habits and our behaviors. And then Lord, in your grace, because we know how to get to that sin every single time without even any effort. We close our eyes and we end up there. We need you to literally create new habits in our lives that bring us to places of freedom. And so, Lord, I I declare that over every person here who's struggling with the biggest struggle to the smallest struggle, that you will bring things, uh, uh, patterns of freedom. You will bring patterns of freedom. But right now, I break the work and the grips of the spirit of addiction that's over the children of God. I say in Jesus' name, you must leave right now. You go to the foot of the cross and you report to Jesus and go wherever he might send you. I break the power of fear over the children of God in this place. You have no rights in this place, no rights over our lives or over our thoughts, over our minds. I break the power of the spirit of death in this place. You have no rights in this place. Go to Jesus right now. Every lie from the enemy may be exposed by the grace of the Spirit right now in our minds. Every addiction and every little route that has gotten us into that place of addiction be exposed right now in Jesus' name. Bring it to the forefront of our mind and give us insight on how to get freedom from it right now in Jesus' name. We pray for freedom over the children of God because that is what you've called us to. That's what you've wired us for. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Grab someone's hand and get your butts down here. Go home and throw away all the trash. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.